grace, mercy, and the peace of our God be with us this day as we walk by faith and not by sight. The series that we're in right now is Contrast. Life is a balance. And we understand that balance. We experience that balance ever since the garden and the fall. Well, there was the one tree, right? The tree of knowledge of good and evil. Right away, a contrast. And that fall into sin brought death into where there was life. And so life and death contrast. And we see that contrast here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. As Paul talks about walking by faith and not by sight. We do that. Sometimes we probably do both. Sometimes we walk more by sight. Sometimes maybe we walk more by faith. God calls us in Christ to walk by faith. But walking by sight is natural. It's natural because we trust our senses, right? We trust what we can see, what we can experience, what we, what's tangible to us, right? I mean, that's easy. That's how our, our senses work, the, the input from whatever we see into our eyes, however that works, into the brain, right? Process that information, and it's helpful, you know, that way you don't run into something. If you ever stubbed your toe in the dim light, you kind of think, well, if I had been walking by sight here, that would have been better. If I could have seen what was there in front of me and in the way. We learn to trust what we can experience, right? Infants cry when they have a need. Someone meets that need, so... The reinforcement is to cry when you have a need. But how many of us, when it's lunchtime today, are going to start crying? Not too many, I hope. We we might get a little hangry, but crying no longer accomplishes you getting food. We have to do something. So we go do things, make the meal, or drive to the place where you'll get it. We judge by appearances as well. Paul was writing... To, into an environment where people were judging by appearance, and that is something that we can fall into very easily. We jump to conclusions about who people are or what they are like, a lot of times based on what we see. What we see with our eyes and we process with our minds makes us believe things even before we can know someone. Stereotypes play into that. And, and so we, we fall into that trap pretty often where we're judging by what we see. We evaluate. We jump to conclusions. We trust our senses. Recently, we were in Ohio where I grew up. And you know, I lived there most of the first, like, 32 years of my life. And so... You know, all of the, the things that I have seen are still in there, right? This was, it was a weird thing. And if you've ever, like, lived somewhere for a long time and then been gone for quite a while and go back, I don't know, let me know afterward if this has ever happened to you. It's, it's really kind of weird now. Because when I lived there, gradually things changed and I knew what it looked like in the present, right? 
Now, all of that is compressed into like one place, one memory bank. So we'd be driving down the road in a house that hadn't been there for like 35 years. Now is like, wait, there was a house there in my mind. When we still lived there, I didn't miss it so much. Didn't really think about it. Driving down that road, that house is gone, and it's no big deal. Or that barn, or that whatever. And the former name of businesses were like flashing back into my brain. Oh, that used to be called? Oh, wait, this was... Wasn't there an office building here on this corner? It was kind of strange. Like all of this sensory information was still stuck in my mind. And it was all coming out. We trust our senses even when they kind of mess with us, right? And our vision is limited. A couple years ago, after a vacation, we'd stayed in a number of Airbnb places. We were in homes, and they were all different, you know, arranged differently. And sometimes, you know, that's when you need to walk by sight because you don't know where things are if you're staying in a new place. We had gotten home, and in the middle of the night, I woke up. I was still in that groggy, half-asleep state. I, I woke up, and there was a sound, and so I pulled back the curtain, and I looked outside, and I saw this fire pit with some chairs arranged nicely around it, and I was like, oh, that's really nice. It was like I didn't even know I was at my own house. Strange. Our vision is limited. We see temporary transient things. And Paul talks about that in the beginning of this section when he's talking about being in the tent. In this tent, we groan inwardly because we're anticipating something else. But this is what we know, right? We know the tent. We know the temporary. We know this broken world, and we become comfortable in it. Because this is what we know. This is what we experience. We see temporary transient things, and we fear what we cannot see. Sometimes we fear the dark. We fear the unknown. We might fear the future because we don't know what's going to happen, and we can't see and experience and know it quite yet. If that's not enough, we're also nearsighted. Our eyes often land on things that are very close to us, meaning things that are important to me to my family, to my wants, to my needs, to my desires. This is what I see. This is what I focus on much of the time. And that's natural. We have to look out for number one. We keep learning that lesson over and over, right? We have to take care of ourselves. We have to do things for ourselves. Just cry, try crying at lunchtime and you'll see what I mean. So we focus on what's close. We don't see beyond, and the things that we see are still temporary and transient, like I mentioned. If that weren't enough, we're blinded by sin. We're blinded where we really cannot see. Because of the sinfulness that we bear, it separated us from God's light and left us in darkness. And so in this darkness, in this brokenness, in this sinful condition that we have, we might be led to expect or to imagine, to even see 
God as the stern judge. God as the wrathful, from a distance, ready to just pounce on us. Verse 10 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says this, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. If we take that verse just by itself, that doesn't sound very encouraging because of all that we've seen or all that we've looked past or all the times we've closed our eyes or all the times where our vision, our expectation has been wrapped up in fear or selfishness or all the other ways that our eyes, our vision, our sight has let us down has let God down. But there's good news. We are not left to wander in the darkness, bumping into things until we find our way. Reaching out, groping in the dark, maybe we will stumble into something hopeful or helpful. No. That's not what God does. See, we walk by faith. And walking by faith takes trust in the unseen. This is verse 7. We walk by faith, not by sight. Not long ago, I was driving. I wish I could remember where I was. It was just what was happening became so much more, um, I don't know, important than where I was. It's just, you know, that part's forgotten. But what I saw, I was somewhat amazed. I was driving through an intersection, there was a pedestrian crossing the street, and he was, we were going the same way. So he started to cross, and, and I started to drive, you know, kind of to his left. And I realized that is a man who is blind. And he's crossing a street. Now, we all hear the news that there are pedestrians who are struck by vehicles somewhat regularly in this area, in this region, right? I can't imagine trying to cross a street with no understanding, no knowledge confirmed by what I can see that there's not a car coming toward me, driven by a person who's not looking because maybe there's a small electronic device that is more important in the moment. He had two canes. One was on the road so he would know if the surface was uneven, if there was any bump or crack or hole or, you know, rock or whatever. Important information. The other one was out in front of him, just like straight out. And he was crossing the street. And I was like, wow, that, that's faith. That's walking by faith and not by sight right there. That's trusting that... No cars are coming toward him and that people are paying attention to him there in the crosswalk. I slowed down as I was driving in the intersection just to maybe help him for a couple of seconds so that if anyone were going to come through the intersection, at least my truck would be sitting there blocking the way. I didn't stop and wait for the man to cross it looked like it wasn't his first time doing this. 
he was crossing, he was walking by faith. God gives us eyes of faith. God gives us this vision so that we can see beyond, well, what we can see. Our eyes have been opened. Ephesians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul writes it this way. The Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, that is Jesus, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Our eyes are opened, so we see things that, well, like my drive through Ohio, we see things that aren't there. We see hope. We see encouragement. We see grace. We see the love of God, and we trust in him. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, And do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Where we're going. The way that we're walking. Made straight by the grace and the love of our God in whom we trust. So we can step forward. We can take that leap of faith. We can trust the unseen. And we do that all the time, actually trusting the unseen. There's probably a few people in the room who can explain how the internet works. But we all use it, right? Or the telephone. You know? If I want to reach someone, I pull out the phone and tap, tap, tap. With the expectation that all the stuff I don't see, all these invisible you know, signals happening are going to reach the destination and the equipment's going to sort out my packet of information and recognize where it's supposed to go and get it there. Day before yesterday, I put my bike in a box, getting ready to go on a, a trip and, and a tour. And um, I, I'll be honest, I'm a little nervous about it. <laughs> I have a nice bike. And I want it to reach the destination unharmed. <laughs> but I can't see that. I don't know. I know that it has departed Oakland thanks to a tracking number. Is it going to get there? That's a level of trust in what I can't see, what I can't control. We trust. Things we can't control. We trust in our God whom we cannot see because we have these eyes of faith. So we are of good courage. That's verse 6. We're always of good courage. And faith helps us overcome our fear. Dr. Lloyd John Ogilvie tells about a friend of his who was a trapeze artist for the circus. And he says this, The secret of becoming a successful trapeze artist is overcoming your fear of falling. Okay. That seems a little obvious, that's important, right? If you're going to swing from the, if you're going to let it go. Right? Swinging's probably okay. I, I could probably grab it and swing back and forth a few times as long as I can you know, get my foot back to the platform. But it's the letting go that I think is the harder part. The story goes on to say this. Once you know that the net below will catch you, you stop worrying about falling. 
you actually learn to fall successfully. What I mean is you can concentrate on catching the trapeze swinging toward you and not on falling because repeated falls in the past have convinced you that the net is strong and reliable when you do fall. The rope in the net hurts only if you stiffen up and resist it. The result of falling and being caught by the net is a mysterious confidence and daring on the trapeze. You fall less. Each fall makes you able to risk more. Good analogy for us. Because when we're going to let go of what we can know and see and experience and expect even, and when we're going to take that leap of faith, we need to know and trust and believe that our God is the net, that he'll catch us again and again. He's caught us before. He's caught us whenever we have fallen. God is faithful, and he is for us, so we can walk boldly in this dark world. We don't need to fear God's judgment. We have a fear of God, but it's that healthy respect, reverent, awe of our God that leads us to desire to please him. And the love of Christ controls us, the Apostle Paul writes, as we walk in newness of life. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. A verse that I really love, that we says we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. God has made us new. Verse 17, again, it's the one I spoke in the absolution. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. We're new. Now, if we trust our eyes, we would look at ourselves and say, I'm not, I'm not new. In fact, I'm old. <laughs> Older than I was yesterday. There's brokenness in me. I'm not new. But yet, God's grace makes us new in the eyes of faith that he has given us. Help us to see ourselves as new, as new creations in Christ, as people who have received his grace, who can walk by faith, who can live lives of faith aiming to please the Lord. Yesterday, we had our work day. The old birch tree is gone. Something new will grow in its place. The old is gone. The new has come so we can live as new people anticipating what is yet to come. Our heavenly home, not made with hands. Even while we walk in this world and we groan in this tent, as the Apostle Paul talks about, we anticipate and we see what is yet to be. We anticipate and we see what God has promised for us. Let's walk by faith and not by sight in trust to the glory of Jesus. Amen.